Come set your rule and reign in our hearts again. Increase in us, we pray. Unveil why we're made. Come set our hearts ablaze with hope, like wildfire in our very souls. Holy Spirit, come invade us now. We are your church. We need your power in us. I'm glad to be here, and it's good to see everybody. We're so glad for the ladies that pray every day, or whenever you guys pray, you guys pray for us all the time. I know that. We can sense it, and we know it in our hearts and our spirit. Because God's doing a good thing up in North Dakota. It's so hard to be away from here, uh, be away from our granddaughter and our daughter and um, the people here. But um, that's the way God called us to do and what he's called us to do, and we're glad to be there. And God's touching hearts and lives up in North Dakota, and he's doing such a good work. You guys wouldn't believe what's going on up there and what's happening. It's, it's been so, so awesome. The Lord's faithful, and he's going to continue to be faithful. He's going to continue to do good work up there and here. And uh, we know that um, God will never let us down, and he never has. Amen. Amen. <laughs> God has been awesome. Um, it's, it's always good to be back. It's good to see everybody. You know, we don't ever have enough time to see everybody when we come. And uh, one thing I found out about little girls, and I don't know if anybody else notices, but they, they're pretty bossy. And they like to, they like to plan agendas. And, and men are just supposed to follow along. So, um, and I wasn't saying that about Jackie. I was saying that about Aubrey. <laughs> So, but you know that uh, God has been has been good. We've we've had a lot of neat things happen. Um, just recently, we posted on the church page. Uh, one of the local schools let us come in and and present the Christmas story to K through eighth grade. And uh, and we had some churches give us some stockings, and so we had stockings to give the kids. Uh, but the superintendent said, "Man, that was great. Just come on in and do it." And so we got to present the gospel. And they loved it. Uh, Jackie just brought in costumes, and she took volunteers out of the crowd, and she just did the whole Christmas story uh, with the kids. The kids were involved. They loved it. They were into it. We had teachers come to us afterwards and say, if you ever do anything in this community like that, we want to be part of it. And we did that down in White Shield. And so, you know, just open doors are, are everywhere. And, and what we found is that there is, and I believe this is something that God is going to do everywhere, is that uh, he's going to begin to set foundations in a different way than he set them before. He's going to set foundations that go deeper and stronger uh, when it comes to the gospel. Uh, where we are now, there's a lot of the gospel has been presented by revival services constantly. Revival services, nothing else. Revival services, nothing else. And so there's been a lot of ups and downs, but uh, just walking with people every day, uh, we're starting to find people getting solid in, in the Lord. They're starting to find out, I can walk with God every day. I can have something real and be a real person and really walk with God, not just a service that's full of hype, but I can come into something that's real and he's changing my life. And so more and more, uh, we have sometimes, we have a service in uh, partial every uh, Sunday morning, and we'll have sometimes, we'll have 40 people, sometimes even 50 show up at our deal. They're starting to come, and we've got nephews and nieces starting to come, and we've got 
uh, different ones who've heard about it who are starting to come and come in, and ones we've, we were connected to years ago that were little children when we knew them are coming to our church now as adults bringing their children. And they're coming in and they're finding out that Jesus is real and they're finding a home. They're finding somewhere that's, that's, that's very powerful. We, we had a, I know one time we had a councilman come through uh, the end of service. He come walking through our partial segment. And we had, a, I had five brothers-in-laws there that day. And, and they were, the five brothers-in-laws that were there, they, they've kind of been hellraisers their whole life. They're just rough, tough men. And uh, a couple of them, uh, and I've said that before probably, but uh, uh, when they would get really rowdy, people would call the cops on them, and the cops would say, we're not coming out. Just leave them alone. <laughs> just leave them alone, because we ain't coming out. Because they would lose, you know. Because they were just, that's who they are. But you know what they are now is they're men who are, God is changing their life. They're coming out of addiction. They're, not, they're no longer drinking. They're no longer doing drugs. God's changing them on the inside out. And there's a strength on the inside of them. And that councilman came through and he's like, what in the world is happening in this room? He said, we're having church. And he looked around and he's like, really? Because <laughs> he grew up with all those guys, you know. And, and, uh, but God is doing some neat things and, and just watching him step-by-step step do things and, and, and want to share something. I'm going to be looking at Micah today, but I want to share a couple things that the Lord has been uh, dealing with me in my, in my life and, and showing me. There's always something in us that we want to know God's plan for our life. We always want to know it. You know, we, we want to know that what his plan is. We want to understand it. Uh, if you're like me, I don't, I don't want to lose. I like to win. You know, I had one guy tell me one time, you want to fight? I said, no, I don't fight. You don't? I said, no, I just win. I said, I do not fight. I just like to win. You know, I don't wrestle. I like to win. You know, we all like to win. We all like to know what we're doing. We all like to be like Paul that says, man, I strive what I want to have the prize. I want to, at the end, I want the Lord to say, man, you did a good job. There's something in our heart like that. And sometimes we have to be so careful that how we walk with God to do this the right way. So many, how, many, how many realize that throughout history, churches time and time again have started off pursuing God, but when they, when they try to figure out how to pursue him, they can get so weird. Anybody ever notice that? We'll have to pursue him, and now we're all going to have to wear dresses, and all the men are going to have to sit down. You know, we get, we get weird because, hey, this is how we've got to serve God. Or you get some people who try to serve God, and they're out there holding a sign that says, turn to Jesus or burn forever, you know. <laughs> I meet those people. They're interesting folks. You know, some of them actually don't even know Jesus. They're just out there being weird. And you get to introduce them to the Lord, you know. But so many ways we try to do it. And I want to look at the word a little bit today. Uh, in Micah 6, and we're going to read uh, verses 4 through 8. And, yeah, i got to have glasses. I have really tried not to the best I could. Micah 6 and verse 4 through 8. And this is the Lord speaking. He says, For I brought you out of the land of Egypt. I have redeemed you from the house of bondage. I have set you before Aaron, before Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. For my people remember now when Balak king of Moab counseled and what Balaam the son of Beor answered him from the Achaia grove to Gilgal that you might know the righteousness of the Lord. For it shall come, for what shall I come before the Lord? And bow myself before the, the high God. And what shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves of a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with a thousand rams, ten thousand rivers of oil? Shall I bring, give my firstborn for my transgression and the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? 
but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. I'm going to look at those scriptures a little bit differently today uh, than we've probably heard some of them before. But when it starts off, in first, and I want to start, that's what I started in verse 4 for a reason, because it begins to talk about God's plan of redemption. If we want to understand God's plan for our life, we need to begin to understand the plan of redemption. That God, how many know God's plan for us is to redeem us? And that plan is a plan that continues through our life. In fact, there's a book out, and I can't remember the name of it, but it presented me with an interesting concept, and I haven't been able to get away from it, uh, where a lot of times we say, well, I'm going through this hardship today because it's going to help me in the future. And and, uh, how many know when you you start hitting a future age, uh, we call that maturity. When you start hitting maturity, you're like, I don't have a whole lot of future left. And I'm thinking, why am I going through this now? (laughs) Here, I want to just put a concept out there, and you can do whatever you want to with it, and ask Glenn, because he'll know the answer. <laughs> and <laughs> have you ever thought that maybe you're going through things here because you're also going to be doing things in glory? That you're doing things today that are going to prepare you for that future? Or do you think we're going to cross the finish line and be perfect? Hey, I'm going to get rid of this old body. Praise God. This body will be dead. I'll have a new body. What? where I can be connected with my God all the time. I can see him in his fullness. I can know him in his fullness. What does that mean? It means I can handle life a lot better. (laughs) But guess what? That doesn't mean I have all the answers. I'm not all-knowing in that moment, but I'm still learning at the feet of the master. I'm still in that place where I'm walking with him. I'm still in that place where when we get to heaven, we're not going to float around on a cloud and have nothing to do. How many know God has something for us to do for our whole life? Not just here. There's still plans I have for you, and that plans ain't done just till you get to heaven. So some of the things we're going through here today have to do with the future, not just here today. It affects others, doesn't it? I mean, we'll go through today, but we can help others who have a hard time. We can do things, but understand that it might be more than that. And if you have any questions on that, Glenn will lay it out. I'm sure he's got a sermon somewhere. I just present the problems, and Glenn has the solutions. That's kind of our agreement. But God's plan for redemption, his plan for redemption for us is that he has pulled us out. He pulled us out. He is doing a work in us. He is doing something in us. And if we want to get into understanding God's plan for us, his plan for us, first of all, is redemption. And it's redemption that doesn't quit. Nowhere in our life will we get to the place where all of a sudden I've got the answers, I've have it. I've got the, the so many fundamental truths and I'm going to live in those truths. So do I have, have I got to the place where I understand everything? No. Have I got to the place where I have success? I might have some success, but that success really has a lot to, to do with who I'm walking with more than it does me having all the answers. And so God is redeeming me over and over again. He's teaching me more and more what it is to, to be a man of God, to be a husband, to be a, a father, to be a, a grandfather, to be a pastor, to be a, a friend. He teaches you these things and he begins to redeem them more and more. What does it really mean to be those things? And he begins to redeem you. Understand that if you want to know who you are in God, who you are in God, first of all, is you're the redeemed of God. And somewhere in, in the Bible, it talks about let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Somewhere, if we're going to be who God wants us to be, we have to, we have to be the redeemed. We have to walk in the redeeming power of God. And verse 5 goes on. And then verse 5 talks about in there, and some of you remember that story. It says, remember when the, when the king Balak of Moab counseled Balaam. And it says, remember those times. And what they did is the king tried to counsel Balaam to put a curse on God's people. If you put a curse, and it's one of my favorite stories with the talking donkey, that's my favorite story. You know, 
because uh, and, I always tell people deer could talk to me. If a donkey can talk, a deer could talk. They're all, they're just animals. But that donkey talked, and, and anyways, Balaam tried his best to put a curse because he wanted a paycheck. He wanted a payday, but he couldn't. Every time he went to curse the people of God, all he could do is, is bless. Another, one of the things we need to understand as we begin to come into that is that we need to understand is that, that when God is for us, he's for us. Too many times we live in this weird deal, this concept of fear that, you know what, someone's against me. Someone's, who cares who's against you? If God is for you, who can be against you? The answer is nobody. If God is for you, who can come against you? And see, we get in that deal sometimes. It's like, well, man, I'm, I'm having this thing, and I'm just, I'm, I'm just in a place of a curse. And, and things in my past have, have cursed me today, and things are coming against me here and cursing me. I mean, where we are, we got even got uh, people in any religion who, pay, who pray against Christians. Uh, you know what? It's a sad day when they do that because somewhere things backfire. Why? Because when God says you're blessed, you're blessed. And nowhere does God come into your life and say, listen, you messed up. You're, 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 you're just cursed. God said, no, my plan has never been to curse. It's been to bless. God's plan has never been to curse. Now, there might be some open doors we have. There might be some things that could, but I'm telling you, God's plan for us is not cursing, it's blessing. It's peace. It's to be the head and not the tail. There's, we, we have to understand just a couple things as we begin to get into this. Uh, God, God put us there for that very thing, to, be a, to, to know a blessing. And what happens is in the middle of this, in verse 6 and 7, it talks about, it said, What shall I, I come before the Lord? And how shall I bow myself before the high God? And, and when I come before him, shall I have burnt offerings? Shall I have a calf of your old? Shall I have the oil? You know, how can I? Listen, this is a good question. Because a lot of times when God redeems us, how many know when Jesus loves us, it changes everything, doesn't it? Amen. And we love him. And, and it begins to change. And there's something about that relationship he pulls us into that we begin to ask that question. And we begin to say, hey, God, how do I, how do I please you? How do I love you back? How do I walk in this relationship with you? You've given me so much. How do I please you? And, and that's the right question. But we have to be, this is, this is what I want to look at today is we have to be careful how we answer that question. And we need to get into the word to answer that question. And we need to get into the spirit to answer that question. Because if we don't, this is where a lot of Christianity gets funny. This is where a lot of Christianity really gets weird. This is where a lot of people get off base and they live in a place of condemnation instead of a place of understanding. Because in this, we have a choice and we can, we can do it two ways. We can either walk in the, in the spirit and we can come into a spiritual life. Otherwise, we can walk in the flesh and we can become very religious. We can become very staunch. We can become very dead. We can have the appearance of godliness, but no power. We get in a place where we know all these things about God, but there's nothing really flowing through us. And, and in, that, in that place, it, it, it is right to ask, but we've got to make sure we're doing it right. And I want to look at verse 8. Uh, verse 8 is the main verse I want to, want to take a look at because in there, it gives us some insights. And I want to share this. I start off, God's plan for us is very simple. In fact, it's so simple that the only thing that can mess it up is our human reasoning. That's the only thing that can mess it up. The Bible tells us what to beware, lest anybody corrupt you through their philosophies, for their vain understandings. And when it's saying they, sometimes it also means us. We're part of they. <laughs> Anybody here an overthinker? Overthink all the time. 
I have a brother-in-law who's like that, and I love him too. He just, I just, I like talking to him. We hunt together. We're getting to be friends. And he touches God sometimes in such an amazing way and can hear him. And sometimes that's like, you know, the biggest problem is what I said, your own thinking. He's like, I'm going to have to think about that. (laughs) And he will. He'll think about it for days and he'll come back to me. And he said, I've come to the conclusion. I need to quit coming to a conclusion. (laughs) You know, he, he gets to that place, but he's a deep thinker. And sometimes our thinking hurts us worse than anything. Because what, what did Jesus say to Peter? Get behind me, Satan. Why? Because you think like a man instead of thinking like God. You think like somebody who's in this world instead of thinking like somebody who's connected to God. And our own, our own thinking is the only thing that can mess this simple plan up. And I, I want to break down verse 8 a little bit. In verse 8 it says, He has shown you, O man, what is good. Turn over to, to Mark chapter 10 in verse 18. It's a very familiar verse. Mark 10 and verse 18. And it says, and just as Jesus is saying, Why do you call me good? For no one is good. The only one who is is God. How, how many know that when it's talking about good any time, it has to do with God? And now I want to break this down because I want to walk through this scripture, but he has shown you, O oh man, who is God. What is it talking about? He's shown you who he is. Listen, this is the first step of knowing who you are is when God shows you who he is. When God begins to say, this is who I am. How, how many here wrestled with the way God viewed you at some point in your life? I really did. I thought God was going to punish me. I thought he was going to clobber me. But when I met his love, it changed the way I view who he was. When I met his love, he said, I love you. I'm a sinner, he said, I know, but I love you. But I've done so much wrong, I've heard somebody, but I love you. And I'm always going to love you. And I'm here and I begin to do something to my soul. See, what happens is, is sometimes we, if we're going to find out who we are, it starts with the very core of walking with God and seeing who God is. You cannot be who God intended you to be without seeing God himself. You can't walk down the sea. If you do, it's called the flesh. If you try to walk with God any other way than seeing God, you're doing it in the flesh and not in the spirit. And in end times, he calls those to worship him who worship him what? In spirit and in truth. Not in truth in your thinking. Not in truth in your rationale. Not in the doctrine you've learned over the years. But in spirit and in truth. And when you begin to walk with him and, and you begin to see him, something changes. I don't know about you, but every time I see God, something changes inside of me. The key to knowing who you're supposed to be and how you're supposed to do things, because here's the question, well, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? Do I need to sacrifice more? What do I need to do? I meet people who think that when they get saved that they, they've got, I've got a couple guys up there by us who are trying to be preachers, and I'm going to tell you something. They're not preachers. They're not even close to preachers. They need to learn how to be Christians first <laughs> before they learn how to be preachers. You know, they, they, they've got to, I've had one guy, it was, it was so sad, I had our CFO call me in his office, like, do you know this guy? And he's a guy who's a preacher. I was like, yeah, I do. He's not a very nice person. I said, I, I know. <laughs> he was giving me the business a little bit, and he's like, he's a very hateful, twisted man. I was like, yeah, I'm sorry about that. And I heard he's supposed to be a Christian. I said, yeah, me too, I heard that too. <laughs> 
<laughs> I heard he's supposed to be a preacher. Yeah, I heard that one too. <laughs> you know, you know it, 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 listen, somewhere, if you know God, it's a show, right? And if you're going to be who God wants you, it begins to begin by knowing him. When I see his love, it changes the way I do things. When I see his patience, it changes the way I am with people. When I see how good he is to someone who's not good, it changes the way I'm, I am to that person. When I begin to see his mercy, it changes the way I begin to view mercy. When I begin to see him in his holiness, it begins to change the way I live my life. Not because someone told me, this is what you shall do, this is what you shall not do, this is step one, this is step two, but when I see his holiness, there's something inside my heart that jumps. Why? Because God has put eternity in the heart of men is what Ecclesiastes says. He put eternity in our hearts. There's something about God that when we see the real thing, there's something inside of us that jumps. There's something inside, and it's like, well, I don't have that experience with God. Well, start seeking him. You'll have that experience because our God is so big, there's no way you can touch him, and it won't affect you. Our God is so big that there's no way you can, you can be in his love, and it won't overwhelm you. Our God is so big, there's no way you can touch him, and something won't happen on the inside of you because it's who he is. Our God is so big that it'll take us eternity forever learning, and we still won't see the fullness. Why? Because God has no beginning. He has no end. We do. He don't. He's God. We'll see him in his fullness, but we won't under, we'll be learning with him forever. That's how big he is. And so in that, when we touch him, there's something that's so different, and it has to start in that place. If I'm going to begin to see who, who I am, and, and what happens is, is the enemy tries to twist that thing on the inside of us, and if we don't get this right, we'll try to start being who we think God wants us to be instead of being in God's presence and seeing God and having that change us. Well, I think God wants me to be a better person, and we'll try our best, but it just don't work. Well, I thank God. I had one time I was trying my best to keep, everybody have that where you know what's wrong to talk bad about anybody. Does everybody know what's wrong to talk bad about people? You know what's wrong. Even when they got it coming. Even when they deserve it, you know, because your mind does that little thing, it helps out. Even though they deserve it. You know, Anyway, we had to deal with the boss for a while, and, and I was doing my best. I was like, today I'm going to keep my mouth shut. I'm going to be positive all day. I was doing the self-help talking to myself instead of seeing God. And, uh, and, and so I, I only made it about an hour. You know, they come over and say, did you hear what that skunk did, that scoundrel? And it was, it was something else happened, something else. And I was like, oh, I know, I know it. You know, I was right, sucked right, I fell off the wagon. Didn't even make it till lunch, you know. And, and it, what happened? Well, the difference is, is if you try to do it in your flesh, you're going to fail. Why? Because your flesh cannot carry what God has you to carry. See, the only part of you that's going to die and go away and never come back is your flesh. Your spirit and soul, that God's redeeming your soul and your spirit is eternal, but this stinking flesh and all the big crybabies and all the big passions and desires, all the things that happen that it wants to do and what it wants to think and all this thing that it does, thank God that thing dies someday. And what? He gives us a new body that can walk with him. But down here, we've got to deal with that thing. And the only way we can deal with it is get in his presence. Why? Because no flesh will glory in the presence of God. When I get in the presence of God, my flesh doesn't have room to glory. Well, brother, you don't understand. I can't forgive somebody. Get in God's presence and you won't be able to stop yourself from forgiving them. 
Why? Because your flesh will fall to the ground in the presence of an almighty God. Well, you don't understand how bad I've been hurt. Your hurt will fall to the ground in the presence of a holy, redeeming God. See, the problem that we run into so much is that there's so many Christians trying to serve God, but it's doing it out of a flesh instead of out of the Spirit. I'm doing it out of what I think I know and what I know I need to do. I know I need to forgive him, but I can't forgive him. I know I should be, I'd be a better parent. I know I should be a better spouse, but I can't do those things. I can't do those. Why can't you do those things? Because somewhere you haven't got a hold of your flesh and got it down in a place where I've got to get in the presence of God and see God over new and fresh. Because when I see him over new and fresh, all of a sudden it's like, God, I want to be holy. I've had times in the presence of God where I've seen his love and something jumps inside me and it's like, man, I want to love like that. You know, there's times where I've been in his presence and I see the holiness of God. It's like, God, I want to be like you, God. I'm tired of playing and trying to fit in with everybody else. I want to be the way you want to be. I'm not worried about what everybody else thinks, God, but I want you. I want to walk in this holiness. I'm separate to you. Listen, I only have one creator. And I only have one redeemer. And I only have one who's loved me when I've, when I've been unlovable. And it's Jesus. Why am I worried about everybody else? Because my eyes are not looking towards heaven. They're looking here on earth. Where your treasure is, your heart is also. And when our treasure is people, we start looking like other people. When our treasure is God, our, our, we start looking like he does. And we begin to love people on a whole level that we've never been able to touch. So there's something about God that God always gives more. We think it's less. It's not. It's more. God says you need to die. Why do you need to die? So he can have more life in you. Not so you have less. So you might have more. It changes. It, it, it's, it's powerful. So in here, it talks. So let's go back to uh, Malachi there. Or Micah. Micah chapter 6 and verse 8. Uh, there's a verse in there that talks about what does the Lord require of you. He's shown you a man what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? And sometimes, if we're not careful, we can begin to really take that almost wrong. In fact, one of the great things you can do, and we have so many resources now, when you read your word, go back into the original. You can do it on your cell phone. Begin to look at it. That word require doesn't mean this is what you have to do for me to like you. This is what you have to do to make it to heaven. That's not what it's saying. The root word of that word that's used in there means to restore to. I have shown you, O oh man, myself, that I might restore these things to you. See, we miss out when their language changes. And we've made it into a requirement that these things I require of you. If you're not humble, you're out. <laughs> if you don't love Musa, you're gone. God say, no, here's what I'm saying. Is that I, I've shown you a man. I've showed you myself. Why did Jesus die on the cross? Jesus died on the cross because we were separated from God. And God said, I have made myself no longer separate from you. I have brought myself right down to your level and I've died for you. And now my throne room is wide open to you. Why? Because I want to show you who I am so I might restore the things to you that are supposed to be there. These things are supposed to be part of us, not separate from us. And God wants to restore them to us, not just require, but to restore their attributes 
that God has and our attributes that he wants in us, that he has really made us to carry these attributes. There's three of them. And the first one says to do justice. And I just want to touch on them a little bit. Is God wants to restore to us justice. It has to do with judgment. So what is he talking about? I want to show you myself that I might restore to you justice and judgment. How many know that when we look through the word, the word all goes together. We're the light of the world, right? We're the salt of the world. We're in a city on the hill. We're ambassadors. We're all these things. God does a redeeming work on the inside of us, what, to restore to us who we're supposed to be here on this earth. Who are we supposed to be? Somewhere, when I go about my way, there's something in me that should, there should be justice and judgment flowing through me. There should be justice and judgment. It can look many different ways. I'll give you a couple of quick examples. Uh, Jesus was walking and, and he seen a, women, a widow who, who lost her only son and the judgment and the justice of God was on the inside of him and it flowed through him and he said, I perceive, I have judgment. I have understanding. I have justice. I perceive that this boy needs to come back to life because it's right. And he went over and he raised him from the dead. When, when, was, it, was it Peter at Gate Beautiful? He said, silver and gold have I none. What happened? He looked at the guy and something, he perceived something there and he perceived, he looked at him and he said, hey, everybody else passed this guy by, but Peter perceived something. He's like, you know what? This guy shouldn't be crippled. And he don't need money or gold. And it's a good thing because I ain't got none. <laughs> he said, but what I have, I give you in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. He perceived what he had judgment. He had justice. It tells us as believers that there's something, there's interesting verses in the Bible and it says what? We go and we pull those even out of the fire. What is it talking about? There's enough judgment and justice in you that you're like, why ain't you serving God? What's your do? And we grab a hold of them and say, you don't belong out in the world. You belong knowing Jesus. That's judgment and justice flowing through us. There's times I've sat down with different ones in my life and it's something where I've had a perception of my, and this is, this is something very real and God can do it in many different areas, but I've had it with different ones in my life where God, I perceive them and they're living out and sitting. I'll sit down with them and say, why are you doing this? This ain't who you are. This is not who God calls you to be. And I'll just sit there and I'll break down and something will change in that moment. What is it? It's you begin to walk and you begin to be the judgment and justice of God. When Jesus went about, why did he heal everybody? Because it was the right thing to do. When Jesus went about, why did he go to the, to the prostitutes and to the gamblers and to the thieves? Why did he go there? Because it was the right thing that I perceived that's where I need to go. And I'm going to tell them the good news about how they can change. I perceive something different. I, I begin to have the justice of God. Listen, you only get that when you begin to walk with God. You don't get that when you just try to do it yourself. When you try to do it yourself, you look like those weird people on the streets. I'm sorry if I called anybody weird who might be here. Um, out on the streets, holding up signs. It's like, turn or burn. He's coming soon. You're going to be dead. You're going to be left behind. And it's like, hey, you know what? Somewhere, all that is is just judgment. But it ain't God's judgment. Nowhere did Jesus start off the conversation, either turn or burn, fellas, because I'm here to stay. Either turn or burn. This is your only time I'm talking to you. He didn't do that. What do you mean? My people are in sin. He's like, hey, I forgive your sin, and I heal you, 
get up and don't do that anymore. That's what he did. He loved on him. He began to have something flow through him that was so much different than other things. And, and, and sometimes what happens, we have to be careful because we begin to think that doing justice and doing judgment looks so much like what we think. We need to get before God and see what the way God thinks. Something interesting that, that, uh, that's, that's happening is that uh, the church world is changing in different ways and, and, and there's different things beginning to happen. You know what? Sometimes we also have ideas about what judgment should be. Well, if you're really a Christian, here's how you should do things. Here's how, here's how you should do it. If you're really a Christian, this is how you should live your life. On Sunday, you better be in church. On Wednesday, you better be in church. On these other days, here's how much your Bible you should read every day. Here's how much you should pray. I've watched people tell me, if you don't pray every day for two hours, you're not a man of God. And I'm like, nice to meet you. You have a good day. <laughs> you know, sometimes I think God just messes with our thinking because he, he finds it. Sometimes it's entertaining. <clears throat> you got to figure it out? <laughs> well, let me throw you a curveball and see how that works. You got to figure it out? Oh, you're going to go start our church and you got that figured out, Damon? Yeah. Well, you're working 11 or 12 hours a day. You know what? God's given me great favor where I am everywhere. I, 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 and here's, here's the thing, is that when I walk through this, I'm going to talk about something. I don't get buku hours of study like I used to. I, I kind of miss that because I love the word. Because when you get in the word, the word just starts speaking because it's anointed all by itself. You know, and, and I don't have some of those different things that I would like. But where I'm in, I'm in a company, it's a big company, and God just gave me favor. Now I'm I'm, I'm a supervisor. I'm almost like operations where I do about everything. I'm over propane. In fact, it's, a, it's their big outfit. I think uh, I, I bought and sold, what, 280,000 gallons of propane this month alone and then brokered that and then work over about seven or eight local guys who do stuff and then we also dispatch to two or three other companies and we do even more than that in fuel. I mean, we're a big company but God's just given favor. And when I do things, they work. I don't know why they work. I do know why they work. Because he works. Yeah. I walked into a thing and I had a financial guy come through and look through our financial stuff and I, 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 like 401k stuff. And he sat down with me and he's like, I've been waiting to talk to you. I said, oh, really? He said, all your investments that you did, they're the top investments of all time. How did you do that? I said, I blindly picked them. <laughs> he's like, so you're saying you're extremely lucky. I said, I said, I'm, I said, I'm blessed. He said, you must be. He said, I have no advice for you. He said, you're doing it all right. I said, really? You know, and I was like, even a blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while. I was thinking, but it always, so what is it? The Lord, what? It's about walking with the Lord instead of having a preconceived idea. What is the deal if, if God has you walk and do something different than what you think? Maybe it'll be God's. Because at the same time, we have people coming to us and we have doors opening and we have things happening and God is just there. God's given Jackie favor in the tribe with several people. She can do things that other people can't do throughout that tribe. We have, people, we have favor with almost every councilman. We have favor with our, with our tribal chairman. Our tribal chairman even got up at a big celebration and said, hey, we're going to take a moment. We're all going to clap our hands for Jesus. He said, because if it wasn't for Jesus, there wouldn't be no reason to celebrate Christmas because this is who it's all about. So I want us to take a minute and do that right now. 
He never could. He never did that before. But there's something changing on his. I know every funeral we're at too. Boy, he just sits there and he just soaks it up. He's, like, <laughs> he's just watching and he's listening. He's learning. But there's something in him. And when he was a, when he his grandpa started one of the first churches there, on that res. So there's the seed of the gospel on the inside of that man. But God's doing good things and He's opening up doors. He's doing things. Is it the way that I would like to do it? No. <laughs> I always have my ideas, you know. But then there's God's plan. And sometimes, here's what happens is, is that if you're not looking into the face of God and you're just looking in the mirror, you're following the wrong plans. You're following you. And there's something about it that if I'm going to be in that place and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have that justice, if I'm going to have justice speaking to flow through me, something will begin to come What as I look at him. Hey, I perceive that I should go talk to my neighbor. He's having a hard day. Hey, I perceive that I should go do this because there's something inside of me. When I look at the Lord, there's something he's working in me. I don't know what's going on, but I got I to gotta do that. And I don't have to, here, here's the thing is that I don't have to have everybody else tell me how to do it. Amen? It says what? The Holy Spirit will teach you all things. Sometimes in churches, we took too much liberty on teaching. We've taught people how to walk and talk. And sometimes all we have to do is teach them how to look at God, and God will teach them how to walk and talk. Thank God people don't all look like us. Amen? Amen. Man, we'd be one weird-looking crew. (laughs) They call that inbreeding. (laughs) We don't want to be a bunch of inbreds. All have the same smile, the same everything. I look at ones who have something different, and I love it. You know, when I look at ones in the thing, I, I look at Glenn, and, and I, I know they did a skit years ago on Glenn, and, it, and I loved it. I still remember it to this day. Joel Nickerson did it, and um, I forget who else did it, but they were like, this is Glenn when he's happy, and he was like, and he said, oh, yeah, well, watch this. This is Glenn when he's sad, and he had the same expression because Glenn, can, he can hold a Steve even keel. I love that about Glenn, but I love about Joy who Joy is. How many know when Joy is happy? You can usually tell. Thank you, Joy. You know what? Sometimes when, she, when I see ones like that who can do that and dance around, I'm like, I wish I could do that, but I'm more like Glenn than I am like Joy. I just can't get up and dance. And if I do get up and dance, it'll be God moving because it just ain't in me, you know? But see, the thing is, is that somewhere there should be something where, where God begins to work in Sai. Sai begins to be who God wants him to be, and he begins to act and do things the way God wants him to do. And it might not look like Joe. Joe might have a different way where he does things and he, and he takes it and he takes a different direction and does it. I've had people over years that we've had in jail that later on I led to the Lord. That's how it looked like in that moment for me. You know, right now I have times where I run into different ones and, and God just begins to do a work and it's like, man, I just show up and he begins to do a work. <coughs> All I got to do is listen to him and, and sometimes I'm, I'm telling you we've got to keep our eyes on him to do it. Because when we get our eyes off of him, we don't do it. We start wrestling. We start doing the opposite. We were in a service. I was telling Glenn about I went to a revival service. I'm like, I'm tired. I'm wore out. I've worked so many hours that week. We went to a, one of our, our aunts, one of my mother-in-law's uh, service that they had for her. I went there, I was like, I'm just going to sit back and relax, have some good worship music. You know, see some family, some nephews and nieces, different ones, and just have a good service. And as soon as I got there, God's like, you're going to get up and you're going to share this. And I'm like, I don't want to share this. <laughs> and he's like, oh, you will. <laughs> and I was, like, I was like, but I'll make you a deal, God. You know, we, God is good at deals. He always wins. There's something about it. 
you know. I was like, God, if you tell, and I was with that mother-in-law, I said, you tell her to come right now and touch me on the shoulder and start talking to me, I'll do it. And she was like walking down another, and she's like, she kind of come over here and she started, I was like, man. And I talked to her and I was like, here's what the Lord's telling me. She says, get up there right now. And God began to flow in that service and that service took a whole depth and direction that it had never touched before and God began to move. Amen. Why? Because sometimes we've got to listen to God more than we do ourselves. Okay. Because God doesn't, God doesn't come. How many know God, we're not his counselor. We don't counsel him how to do it. God's our counselor. God might say something like spit in the ground and stick that mud in that fellow's eye and he'll get healed. Forget about doing it where you have 10 people lay hands on him. Do it this way. Hey, go over there and do it this way. What? Because it's right. Because God's judgment never fails. Amen? His judgment never fails. The second one it talks about, it says that we love, love mercy. Mercy has to do with goodness and kindness. It has to do with God's unmerited favor. And there's something about that that, that there should be something in our life. And this, should, this, this really earmarks. I mean, you can take this message a couple ways, but this earmarks when you're walking with God. When you're walking with God, you begin to love mercy. You begin to find out about guys like, like Mr. Middleton, and you begin to say, hey, I love that, that he's serving Jesus instead of living the way he's living. I love it, and I'm behind him. I love it. You know, I've had people that we've done stuff with. I went into a house and, and I talked to some and, and, and we had a young couple one time and they were having a problem with some spirits messing with stuff in their house and I just come talk to them and gave a heart to the Lord. I told somebody at church and they're like, oh, you don't want them in your church. You don't know them. I says, you don't understand who Jesus is because when they gave their heart to Jesus, everything changed in that moment. Now they're a new creature. They're a new person in Christ. All things become new. And no way, I said, if God will not judge him off their past, neither will I. And I told that fellow, I said, thank God I don't judge you by your past. And I said, I haven't, have I? And he kind of got upset a little bit. I said, you, you need to get with God. Why? Because when you're with God, there's something inside you that gets excited about people. You begin to love mercy. How many are thankful that you didn't reap everything that you sowed? I mean, one guy said, when I got saved, I prayed for crop failure. Because all I did is sow really bad crops, and I didn't want to reap them. See, there's a part where we do reap what we sow, but there's also a part where God says, I'll restore the years that the canker worm has eaten. I'll restore to you things that aren't yours. I'll give you things that are above who you are. Why? Because you'll do greater things than I've done. That's my plan for you. That's not something different. And so somewhere in there, as I see him, mercy begins to flow out of me. It begins to come through me. Jesus had such a thing in his life when the woman was caught in adultery. Jesus, nowhere did, did Jesus have a hard time with that. Did you notice that? It didn't bother him. He just wrote in the sand and he talked to the fellows. If you don't have sin, cast the first stone. He asked the woman, he said, does anybody condemn you? And, no, they're all gone, Lord. Well, I don't condemn you either. Go and don't do it no more. Go and be changed. Go and walk in a different path. I believe that the, the gospel doesn't say everything about that woman, but I believe something that woman changed on that day. Why? Because she got to see God begin to reveal himself to her. This is who I am. I'm not like people. I'm God. 
This is who I am. He loves mercy. Thank God he saves us. He loves us no matter what we've done. And the last one is to walk humbly. In James 4, verse 6, it says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And there's something about when you see God, it humbles you. When I see people operate, I heard this from a message a while ago. And this is, the preacher is preaching. He says, you are never more like Satan than you are when you demonstrate pride in your life. And I was like, what? And I had to rewind it because I listened to him a couple times. He says, you are never more like Satan than when you demonstrate pride in your life. Very true. There's some deep truth into that. But here's the truth. When you're humble, when you see God, it brings humility. Nowhere will I stand before God in arrogance. Why? Because when I'm in his presence, that flesh has no room to glory. It hits the ground. We knew a man years ago, Russell Hawkins, Jr. He's a Sioux man. They named a building after him at United Tribes Technical College. He was in his 40s, and he ran a race, and, and uh, he, was, he was quite vocal about God, and, and he always believed Jesus was a white man's religion, wanted nothing to do with it. I'm Indian, and he was quite vocal about it. Well, after that run, he had a heart attack, and he, he, he died for, I don't know, five, six minutes. He was gone. They didn't, they didn't think they were going to bring him back. They brought him back. And he was a different man when he came back. <laughs> and he gave a testimony in our chapel one time when we first started our first church. He said, what happened in me is that all of a sudden I was standing before the throne. He said, I knew it was a throne. I don't know how I knew it was a throne. And him who sat on it was so bright, I could not see. And he said, and I fell on my face. And he said, every cell in my body cried out. He said, I could feel my hair cry out. I could feel every cell in my body cry out. This is a Christ who you're against. This is who this is. And every cell in my body cried out, I'm a sinner and I'm not worthy. And when he woke up, he gave his heart to the Lord and his life changed in that moment. Listen, there's something about it that when we get into the presence of God, our flesh doesn't have room to glory and we can get in that place thinking we're so above something or we're so whatever and God, that pride will just hit the ground. Why? Because when I see him, I got nothing to be proud about. But I got everything to be thankful about because Jesus, you saved me when I didn't deserve it. You pulled me out of the miry clay where other people would have left me. I deserve to be in the clay. I deserved to drown in that miry pit, but I didn't. You set my feet upon a rock. And the things I have today are good because what? You're in them and you're my God. And the only good thing I have is you, God. You're my God. And some of the disciplines that are in my life today are not there because Damon is such a good person and knows how to be disciplined in his life. It's because the Spirit of God has walked me through. Here's how you do this, Damon, every day, every step. Here's how you overcome fear. You get on your knees and you pray and you stay there till I come and that fear leaves. That's, why, that's because that's why fear doesn't have to rule my life because God showed me how to overcome fear. And he shows me how to overcome anger in my life. He shows me how to overcome all these things in my life. And they're not just some discipline. It's God's Spirit working in me. The more I see him, those things hit the ground and they have no room. I don't have to go, here's the amazing thing, I don't have to go one night offended at anybody. That's a gift of God. That is a gift of God because I never had that before God. I hated people with a passion. I had plans of murdering somebody. I, I had plans I was going to kill this guy. It was in me, it was through me, that's all I had, but when I met him, something changed. 
And now when I meet people, even though there can be some of the most rough people and they could deserve whatever I could throw at them, I can go to bed at night and say, Lord, help that person. I give them to you. Let them know you. Let them be saved. Change your life. They're miserable. They're hateful. But they need saved. They need your spirit. And I can go to bed with peace. How? Because the spirit of God had to walk me through it step by step. Here's how you do it. Don't go to bed angry. That's easy to say until the first time you got to do it. And the first time you got to do it it's, it, it's like you have a wrestling match, your flesh and the spirits, you know. Your flesh is like, well, and it's usually my spouse deserves it. They're a jerk today. I am going to be mad at them. There's usually the closest ones. And you wake up the next day and it's even worse until you learn how to say, Lord, I'm going to give it to you and I forgive them and I'm not going to carry it. And we get in God's presence into the place where I can see him. You know, when I see him, I can't hold nothing against anybody. Why? Because I see him. When I see him, I, I don't have room to say how great I am because when I see him, I see how great he is. And I'm so thankful that he brought me along for the ride. Amen. How many are glad Jesus found you? You didn't have to find him, he found you. Jesus wasn't lost. We were lost. And some of us, we were lost because we were, we were such turkeys in our life. We, we were lost because of decisions we made. It wasn't anybody else. I was never a victim. I was living in, in, in the sowing what I'd reaped. But in all of that, Jesus come down to the pig pen and said, it's time to come home to my house and I'll put a robe on you and I'll wash you up and I'll put a ring on your finger. I'll put, feet, I'll put sandals on your feet. I'll set you free because you're my son and that's not going to change. See, when you do that, it takes all the pride out of wearing that robe and that ring. You start meeting people on the street who are such a mess and so even awful at times, you begin to say, you know what, I'm not any better than they are. The only thing difference is, is that I accepted that present of Jesus Christ and he saved my life. The only difference is, is that if we would die now, I would go somewhere and this guy here really needs something. I need to be praying for him and he's something needs to change. Instead of being self-righteous, you begin to have God's heart. When Jesus went to the cross, he said, well, Father, forgive them. They don't even understand. How many of you remember that place when you didn't understand? I do. I didn't understand what I was saying. I didn't understand what I was doing. I didn't understand who God was because when I did understand, everything changed. You know what? If, if we want to begin to understand who we are in God, it's going to have less and less to do with doctrine and position. It's going to have less to do with what we think things should look like and more to do with who we're looking at every day. Are we looking at God every day? Is God showing himself to us every day? And here's something too. We, we know that we do that by seeking God. But sometimes it's not about us just saying, man, I got to set a, sometimes you meet some folks and this is, this is kind of flesh talking. And so if anybody has done this, it's okay. I have to. You're like, man, I'm going to take this week and I'm just going to seek God this week. Because if I can just have that time and then during that time, I'm going to stay away from my children because sometimes they're all demons in disguise and they will pull me away from God. You know, we haven't said it in those words, but 
I'm going to take a week off work because I know my boss is related to Lucifer. And when I go to work, he will work against me. And I'm just going to stay home and have nothing and just try to get into this great place with God. You know, maybe it's not about as much about you as it is about him. How many know God can show himself to you because he's God, not because of how good a seeker you are? Sometimes we're not good seekers. Sometimes we're really poor seekers. But here's what the Bible says. If you ask, he'll answer. And I've had times in my life, I'm like, God, I can't, I don't even know how to seek you right now because I don't think I can touch you. I'm stuck. But if you can show yourself to me, it'll change me. I need you to show yourself to me. And it'll change me. That's all I got for prayer, God. I've had times like that's all I've got. I ain't got nothing else. And in those moments, I've watched God come to me and say, here I am again. It's okay, son, I got you. I'm going to carry you for this season. We're going to get you where you Why? Because my plan has always been to redeem you. My plan has always been to bless you. My plan has always been to restore to you those very attributes that I have meant for you, where you begin to walk in justice, where you begin to walk in mercy, you begin to walk humbly. I've always meant you to walk that way. This is always what I've had for you. That's why I'm coming to you. See, he has showed you, O man, himself. Not because you're such a good seeker, but because he's such a good God. Amen. Sometimes they don't, I mean, and I'm not saying if God puts on your heart not to fast, because I'm not saying that. There's a purpose for fasting, there's a purpose for prayer. But I am saying sometimes it's not about how good you are, it's about how good he is. And if he's good and we call out, he'll answer because he's God. And when I begin to walk in such a way, I'll begin to look different than other people do. Don't think you all look the same. You know, some of us will look so different. There's some areas I can go into with fellows who are rough and tough and I can talk to them and their power of God can manifest in such a way. But it's who God created me to be. He created me to be part of his justice, not all of it. There's people Joy can go to that I can't go to, which is awesome, you know? And, and, and why? Because God has a part of his judgment that joy will reveal. He has a part of his judgment that sigh will reveal. He'll have part of it that every one of us will reveal. And it won't look the same. There's something different about it. There's sometimes Jackie will do that with me because she, she perceives things different than I do. We'll be, some, we'll be somewhere, and, and I've had that before. She'll say, hey, uh, how much money you got? And I was like, I don't know. She said, well, let me see. She'll take all my money. And uh, she'll say, uh, God told me to go give this. And it'll be a crowd of people somewhere. God said, go give it to this person and bless him and tell him I love him. She'll just perceive that's what should happen in that moment. You know, I, and one person I looked at, she did that too, and they looked like they were pretty well off. I'm like, I don't know if they need that or not. But when he went, you know what I seen? I seen the Spirit of God move in that whole situation and move on that gal's heart. Why? Because she was being what? The judgment of God. I perceive that person needs this. I don't know why, but I do. I perceive they need it. There's something right in this moment. There's something just in this moment. And that can carry over to everything. Listen, sometimes in moments, how many, how many are glad we have people who do worship? I am. 
You know, sometimes in moments there needs to be ones who step out and worship and begin to step into something. I love listening to Sandra because <clears throat> she has moments, good moments, not senior moments or nothing. <laughs> I always want to make sure we got that right. I'm sure I know John and I know his teasing. Uh, but uh, she has moments where all of a sudden she'll just, but you know what happens is sometimes what she's doing, she's perceiving something. Hey, this is heaven. Hey, this is worship. Hey, this Hey, we should have that in every aspect. Hey, this is God. Hey, this is God. Hey, this is what God looks like in the workplace. Hey, this is what God looks like in the market. Hey, this is what God looks like over here. Hey, this is what God looks like here. See, his church, he called not to be a building, but a people. And a people amongst the lost people who are what? A light that's set on a hill that no man should cover. What light to what? Light to those who are in darkness that they might see the light of Christ in turn. They might see the glorious light of Christ. You know, I've had, I've had talks with some of my drivers. To be a driver in North Dakota, you have to be bipolar just a little bit. That's a requirement. I run across some of the craziest people you ever met, and they can go through the roof. I've run into guys so rough that one of our guys got killed, got shot, and he probably should have been. Because we had guys who get out there. But some of those guys, even at times, I'll find myself with them and they'll begin to talk to me and I say, I heard you're a preacher. Uh, yeah, I am. But I'm also over all those tough guys, too. And when it, when it comes in today, I'm like, is there some reason you can't get your job done? Well, let's talk about it. <laughs> and they, they know that I'm, I'm, like the, I'm like the rubber meets the road fella. My boss is really nice. And when they come to me, it's like, I got to get my act together, otherwise I'll be out. <laughs> and so they know that part of me when I talk to them, and they'll begin to ask me things about God. And here's my experience. And you know what? I'm finding myself in a place that wherever I go, I'm finding out I can bring the judgment of God. I can bring what's just to the front where other people cannot bring it. Isn't that what the purpose of God is for all of our life? Is that the justice of God flows through us, that the mercy of God flows through us? And that the humbleness unto God flows through us. To God. Humble unto God. Well, that's something awesome, isn't it? Let's all stand today as we get ready to close. You know what, as we do, I, I just want us just to, to bow our heads in just, just a moment. <clears throat> you know, I, I really feel this in this moment is that there's even there's been ones who, who have wrestled and sometimes there's ones who've been up and down and you, there's, there's this nagging question is who am I in Christ? And there's been a condemnation that some have even carried because they feel like they've, they've pulled up short. But as we pray, what I want you to know is what the Lord is saying today is that his plan is to bless you and his plan is to redeem you. Don't speak bad of yourself because he is not. His plan is to see you become a hand of God on this earth. To see you become his justice, his mercy, and his humbleness here on this earth. Father, right now, Lord, I just pray that you just begin to, to, to touch every heart and mind in this place. Lord, so many times uh, the enemy comes and we wrestle, and we wrestle with this flesh and on this earth, but God, I pray that in the days to come and weeks and months and years, Lord, that you continue to show yourself to us. 
Lord, some of us here have wrestled and we think we're, we're doing some things wrong and maybe that keeps us from you, but God, nothing keeps us from you. And I pray right now that you begin to show yourself to us. Reveal your love, reveal your mercy, reveal your holiness. Lord, begin to show who you are to us, Lord God, that we might walk in such a way that we walk that as people who are humble, that we walk as a people who we love mercy, Mercy that we see a God working in others and mercy when God gives us mercy. We love them both. Lord, I pray that in Jesus' name. Every head bowed and eye closed right now. And I'm not going to call ones up here, but I want ones to, if there's something in you that's been wrestling, I want you to raise your hand because I'm just going to pray the Spirit of God begin to touch ones and begin to set them free. Listen, there's a bondage that happens in the church sometimes. And it's when we begin to walk in the flesh, but God's going to start setting us free. Father, right now in Jesus' name, Lord, I pray. Lord, everyone, you can see every heart. I pray that by your Spirit, you just loosen your Spirit, Lord God. You begin to show ones a new vision of what you have, Lord God. Lord, just break the condemnation, break the fear, Lord God. Lord, you have placed us where we are, in our families where we are, in our work where we are, for a purpose, and that purpose is that your spirit will be moving in us and through us and to us, Lord God. God, break every bond in Jesus' name. Lord, help us to walk with you in such a way that it changes our life and everyone we touch. And Lord, whatever that might look like, I don't care, God. I just want to see you so much that it changes the way that I walk so much and the way I love people so much. And Lord, I pray you go with us this week. Help us, keep us, bless us, Lord God. Lord, let there be an explosion inside of us, Lord God, of who you are. While you're still standing, if you would, just close your eyes for a moment and just do business between you and God. I, I'm just getting a picture as I'm standing over there of God beginning to shine the light through something. And I was asking him what it was, and he, he said very specifically, he said, I'm giving an opportunity to people that have been all tied up with a proud religious spirit I'm giving them an opportunity to break out into freedom. And then he goes on to say, I'm breaking its hold, but it won't stay broken unless they're willing to walk with me and to discover me in a fresh new way. He began to remind me that, that he walked among all of the proud religions of that time. And rather than to change the way they thought about God, they killed him instead. And he says, that's the spirit that I'm breaking right now, giving people an opportunity to step out of it and to step into the freshness of what I'm doing. And then he said this. He said, the spirit is still being made flesh. It still dwells among us full of grace and truth. And I'm giving my people an opportunity to walk in it because I'm going to be doing things they've never seen before in the areas of healing and deliverance. But you have to walk with him and understand it's him and not us. Now, Father, thank you so much for this message. Thank you for Damon's candor, his willingness to take this thing on. God, it's something that must be done in these days, and I appreciate what you're doing in Damon and Jackie's life. God, go with us. Challenge us. God, don't let us walk away from this. 
Lord, I would love it if we became known in this town as their least religious church, but that we walk with God. I would love that. And Lord, I know you would love it too. Thank you, God, for giving us opportunity. Thank you for working among us. Thank you for what you're doing. Help us, God. Help us. Help us. Lord, help us to be known as Christ-like. Not just called Christian, but to be known as Christians. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen.